From the Pork Chuckoff in Des Moines, Iowa, it's Pork Pod. Pork Pod, a look at the hot topics in today's pork industry. The Pork Chuckoff is working for you through various forms of research, promotion, and consumer information projects. I'm Don Wick speaking on behalf of the Pork Chekhov, and today our guest is National Pork Board Senior Vice President of Science and Technology. Dr. Pyburn, uh, there was an international African swine fever forum held this past week in Ottawa. Tell me about this event, if you would. Yeah, it was it was a it was a great discussion actually, and it was uh, attended by more than 15 countries. Um, this meeting started out uh, principally as a Mexico, Canada, U.S meeting, uh, pulling uh, those three countries together to look at our preparedness, um, to look at how we can work together on prevention of African swine fever, and then to also discuss um, compartmentalization and regionalization to enable um, any of our three countries to uh, pick up the trade in the face of an outbreak in one of our countries, pick up trade just as quick as we can, and start uh, trading safely again uh, with our export partners. Um, it, the meeting expanded. It went into a number of other countries that attended, including countries from the EU. Uh, Brazil was there. China was there. Uh, Denmark, Italy, Spain, Czech Republic. I mean, a number of countries. So it turned into a larger discussion of ASF really on a global um, basis. Um, but I think it, it went very well. I think we came out of there with um, an idea on a framework of how to work together, especially amongst those North American countries as we continue to work on prevention and preparedness for African swine fever. So explain that framework for African swine fever. Yeah, so what we what we wanted to look at was um, this framework of our three countries together, because especially when you look at Canada and the U.S., um, there's a lot of trade of product and, of course, of live animals as well um, between Canada and the U.S. So it was how can we get together and make sure that we're We've got the the same, I guess, preparedness and protections, if you will, for both of our countries and really all three of our countries when you include Mexico as well. So it's looking at um, what's the plan for preparedness, what's the plan for response. Um, In our infrastructure right now, as we look at both prevention and uh, response to an outbreak, um, where are the infrastructure deficiencies that we see in each of the countries and what needs to be worked on, and and especially uh, focusing in then even harder on on enhanced biosecurity for our countries uh, to make sure that um, we're doing everything we can at a country level on the borders and also at a farm level on individual farms to enhance biosecurity and and to try to keep this disease out of our herds. And then if we were to get it, um, how are we going to work together on business continuity and, and plan ahead on working together for business continuity, which involves that those concept of concepts of regionalization and compartmentalization, so you can still uh, participate in safe trade even in the face of an outbreak of this disease. And then the overarching umbrella that that goes with all of that is uh, communication now ahead of time of any kind of an outbreak, and then communication planning in the face of an outbreak. David, you mentioned that there was representatives from all across the globe, including China. Did they shed any light on, on the current situation there? Yeah, China, they, what they sent was um, uh, they sent a researcher, and the message was all the same as what you're seeing in the media. Uh, the reports of 128, I think it is, total outbreaks, um, the reports of uh, you know getting it under control in some of their provinces and starting to relax some of the movement restrictions that they have. Um, and then there was a, uh, this researcher also spoke to the new rules along that came along in February of this year where they have to test every batch of pigs at the slaughterhouse to see if there's 
virus as they try to track down the farms that do have virus on them. Um, and then also a discussion of some of the biosecurity um, that has been put into place on their large farms as they attempt to keep this virus out of those large farms. So um, I wouldn't say that we got a lot of new information from China. It looked like uh, this the researcher was uh, very much in line with what we're seeing in most of the media articles right now. What about Canada? What are they doing regarding biosecurity? You know, we found out that we're really working on a lot of the same thing. And when you, when you get right down to... Um, to how this virus actually could spread to either one of our countries or any of the three countries, it's really people. And, and, and the movement, the primary risk is the movement of people and what they bring along with them, whether they're tracking something um, on their shoes or on their clothing, or even more important, whether they're carrying in an illegal food product, an Ill- illegal meat product that could be harboring the virus. And uh, we we uh, we all recognize that. Um, you know, we've got our commitment here from uh, Customs and Border Patrol um, that they will increase the total number of Beagle teams by 60 going forward. So we have more Beagle teams and more trainers that are with those Beagles that are protecting our borders and making sure that those illegal products don't come in. Canada is doing much the same thing on a little bit smaller scale. Of course, they've got less ports. They've got less airports that they have to uh, patrol, if you will, for this. Um, but they too are going to add additional beagle teams up there and, and do the same as as what we're doing down here. So I, you know, I, we knew that going in. Uh, we knew that we already were somewhat uh, taking some of the same precautionary measure, measures, especially when you look at how people can spread this virus. Um, but it was good to hear it again. It was good to hear the commitment too from from their government officials. For our pig farmers here in the United States, uh, what should they be knowing about African swine fever? Yeah, you know, remember this is a virus, and it's really. Um, it's really a fairly if you if you implement good biosecurity it's a fairly easy virus to keep off your farm because it's not one that becomes aerosolized or spread by air uh, at least that's what we see in the research that's what we've seen in the outbreaks is this is not an air spread virus so we're really talking about implementing biosecurity that keeps the virus from being tracked onto your farm at, and that would be tracked on in in people tracked on in pig or tracked on on people tracked on in pigs tracked on in product um, brought onto your farm or tracked on on a fomite like a feed truck or um, equipment that you bring into your farm or something like that, or, or for that matter, the feed. So it's, it's really all about figuring out how you can make sure that whatever you're bringing onto your farm, whoever's coming onto your farm, is as clean as possible and it's done in as safe as possible manner. So know who's coming to your farm, have controls on who comes to your farm, disinfect what you can before it comes on your farm, have a clean, dirty line so that you're very, it's very clear what's outside of your farm. And then at that, at that clean, dirty line, you're going to control what comes into your farm and make sure that it's either not been in an area or, or from an area that it would be infected or it's been disinfect, cleaned and disinfected before it would be brought in. Um, and when you start talking specifically about feed biosecurity, that really gets back to knowing where your feed comes from. Talk with your feed mill. Talk with your supplier of your, uh, of your feedstuffs. Find out where they're bringing in product from. Find out if they've got holding steps or holding times that they're abiding by or if there's any other mitigants that may be added to the feeds um, to try to make sure that you don't have the virus in the feed as well. So tell me, what do we know about feed transmission with this virus? Well, what we know is we've got the the D research that shows us that, in fact, uh, it's the potential is there, at least in a laboratory setting, for the virus to be able to cross um, the ocean from, from a positive country uh, in a feedstuff, be supported in a feedstuff, and come into the, this country as a live virus. 
Um, so we know theoretically it can happen. We also know from the Kansas State Megan Niederwerder research um, that was just finished up uh, that uh, you can in, indeed infect a pig e- either through uh, dry feed or through uh, or through liquid um, if the virus is surviving in those. So we theoretically what we have at this point is we have information that shows that it's possible to happen. Uh, we just don't have the research that proves that it has happened. Um, but to that end, I've got a, a number of veterinarians that I speak with, um, a group that regularly gets together. And these are veterinarians that uh, either are stationed in China, they're U.S. origin veterinarians, either stationed in China or regularly making consulting trips to China. And we get together and we talk about um, a number of these things that um, could be risks. We talk about what's going on in China. And one of the specific things that we have talked about, too, is is what they've seen as far as um, on some of their farms, if the virus gets in, how how could it have gotten in? Um, not, not necessarily um, proof, but uh, they've looked at the biosecurity situation on some of these farms that have been positive in China and uh, can't prove it, but they're fairly well convinced that uh, feed very well could have been the vehicle that brought in the virus. Tough to know, I'm sure, but what's, what's the likelihood of this coming to the United States? Yeah, I wish I had a, a scientific answer for that. Um, I don't. I, what I can tell you is the likelihood continues to rise that this is this could come to the United States, and and it's rising because more and more the pigs in the world are becoming infected. More and more the countries of the world are are um, ending up with this virus within their borders, and as more and more those areas become positive then there's more and more risk that uh, something gets carried into this country that's illegal, something gets tracked into this country, um, you know, accidentally from any of those areas that are positive. So um, I'm still a firm believer that we can prevent this, that we have the technology and we have the capabilities when you look at our biosecurity, our border protection, um, the way we raise pigs commercially here in the United States. Um, I'm still convinced that we can keep it out. It's just going to be a matter of, of extra vigilance on our part um, and, and extremely enhanced biosecurity that we don't cheat ever. Uh, we need to go back to those days uh, five or six years ago when we were dealing with um, PED on a number of our farms and think about that biosecurity that we put into place to keep that virus off. Um, and in, in a lot of cases, we did keep it off with that biosecurity. That same deep level of attention and maybe even higher needs to be applied to all our farms now to make sure we're not bringing it onto our farms. Dr. Pybrin, re- regarding this forum in, in Ottawa, what uh, what action was was taken? Yeah, so so at the end of the meeting, um, uh, the the three um, main countries, Mexico, Canada, and, and the U.S., their chief veterinary officers, uh, I think, actually had a press conference. And I, um, I did not attend that, but I've, I've heard some of the uh, information that came out of that. And, and really what they said was, we've developed this framework now. Now it's our chance to go forward and to further fill in the blanks on this framework, um, figure out where we go from here. Um, but, but some of their key messages that they came up with was, one, we got to remember all three of the, our countries right now are free. And, we wanna ma- and the number one objective is to maintain them as free. Um, that the spread of this virus is largely human driven so a lot of the uh, a lot of the things that we do to try to keep it out of our countries will be addressing those human driven pathways to bringing the virus in um, there was discussion of uh, feral swine in all three of the countries Mexico Canada and the US all three have uh, feral swine or wild swine populations um, they want to get a better handle on how they could control it if it got into feral swine, how they could get it back out of feral swine uh, in all three of our countries. 
Um, there was also extensive discussion, if we were to get this, this virus here, um, how could we go about zoning and compartmentalizing our industries so that those areas that are safe, that don't have the virus, can continue to trade? Um, that's important to all three of the uh, Canada, U.S., and Mexico, is to be able to pick up trade just as fast as we can in a safe manner in the face of an outbreak. And so they're going to they're gonna work forward on, on the on that, as well as uh, OIE was also in the room, and they're going to work forward on zoning and compartmentalization as well. Um, there was also uh, a joint interest in funding more research into vaccine um, by all three of the um, by all three of the countries, and thought they thought that should be an area of, of emphasis. And then in the bottom line is, what's the national action plan? What's the nat- national action plan right now? to uh, make sure that we're doing all that we can to keep this virus out, and what's the national action plan to respond quickly in the face of an outbreak in any of our three countries. Any final thoughts? Yeah, this, this really needs to be seen as the start of this process. Um, there was, I have not heard of a, a date of a, a next convening of this group. Um, my hope is that the next convening of this group would be maybe a little bit smaller meeting, uh, more concentrated on Mexico, U.S., and Canada, in the room and get down to the, the uh, really the nuts and bolts on how to develop those national action plans. Dr. David Pyburn of the National Pork Board. Thank you for listening to this edition of Pork Pod. For more information on this topic or the pork checkoff itself, visit pork.org.